Welcome to episode 125 of the Animal Addicts podcast. On today's episode, Casey talks about the dangerous state of giraffes in the wild, and I talk about platypuses being returned to an Australian national park for the first time in half a century. We learn about two beautiful but dangerous animals as our picks this week, and about our mysterious looking animal of the week. So let's jump into episode 125 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Welcome to episode 125 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And we're going to talk about a whole new batch of super fun animals today. But before we get into that, Casey, what have you been up to since last I saw you? I've been dealing with a lot with work. Okay. So, basically, big thing that's going on now is that we have a USDA inspection coming up. Because it's been, technically it's been over three years, so technically we're overdue for an inspection. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we're just prepping everything. So, today, like today, we called it, it's like, we're having a paint party. <laughs> a paint party? Yes. To, like, fix everything? Yeah, it's like, we're painting the decks and some of the enclosures and benches and stuff like that. Do they actually check that, or you just want it to look pretty? No, they check it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, especially, like, because you need to make sure that there's not, like, chipping and well, stuff yeah, like that. Well, yeah, that yeah. But, no, they're also, like, also painting like the rust on the wire to make sure that's all covered oh okay interesting yeah, you need can't have rust it, so that's another thing they check okay. cobwebs is a big thing hmm. um i feel like a lot of animals would like to eat the spiders our possums i'm convinced do eat the spiders because i almost never find cobwebs in okay <laughs> oh but it was so funny because we got this thing it's, i think it's water lock is what it was called it's basically supposed to be kind of like a near transparent seal okay um and we're putting on the bamboo and we like we're pouring out first off we we could not find a youtube video on how to do it <laughs> so we had to go onto the website that was on the can for how to open it yeah and we were idiots <laughs> you had to puncture it and then lift it out oh so yeah great seal there <laughs> um and then when we poured it out it looked like a a salmon pink color almost it's Ew. like we were put on a little bit it's like this ain't gonna look good <laughs> it's it's ugly this is gonna be horrible mm -hmm. but then we let it dry it's like oh it actually looks fine <laughs> <laughs> and then we just put it on a whole bunch of bamboo my co-worker was doing the opossums i was mm -hmm. doing venturongs and then another co-worker was painting benches <laughs> <laughs> also like um I don't know who it was, but somebody went out because it's cedar for like most of the benches. So it's like they just went out and bought a paint can that said cedar on it. Okay. But it was a different brand. And so it, one of our benches is this random, very ugly yellowish color. Ew. And it's like, I have a bunch of extra of this dark brown paint because it was literally to touch up the turtle ponds mm -hmm. enclosure. Um, and so we have a ton of it because we literally don't use it for anything else. So we were like to one of our volunteers, just paint that whole bench, <laughs> <laughs> cover it all over. Oh dear. <laughs> and it's so funny cause we had like this new intern and it's like that, um, this today was his second day and we was like going to have him tag our volunteer out to, so she could do something else. And, but then when we came over to do that, it's like, or and they were like, or we're going to tag you out. I was like, or are you good? It's like, no, I'm good. Cause honestly painting is like a peaceful activity i, I think so yeah, yeah it's not fun when you're painting a full room necessarily no. but when you're just like yeah it's kind of soothing yeah, yeah. i like painting so yeah like and like so one of my coworkers, she was like watching her netflix show while she was painting <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah that's what we've been doing is like making sure there's enough dirt to cover the bottom of the enclosures yeah um so yeah that's what we're doing and i'm training doing some training stuff because like I have to be able to pick up some of the animals for, like, programs and stuff. One that are being difficult are the foxes. Oh, really? Yes, because they're, like, they're not, like, nipping at me, but they're, mm -hmm. like, stiffling. Because, like, they're supposed to rest on my chest. Yeah. And it's, like, they're, like, stiffling. It's, like, I'm not really going all the way down. And it's, like, <laughs> doop. Oh. And it's, like, we think it's because I'm a guy. Oh, no. Because they the they're not used to it. They've really never had men that come and pick them up yeah um and so they make a joke and it's like yeah 
it's because oh he has no cushion <laughs> that's why he has no cushion there that's why they don't relax oh poor baby yeah so just try wearing like a fake thing <laughs> i know see if it helps i was gonna make jokes like one day i'll come just come in and drag yeah. maybe that'll fix it <laughs> but yeah also so foxes probably gonna be a while but also been working with more of the kinkajus because you have to get signed off on every single kinkajou when you get are okay to work with them. Kima is the last one I'm assuming you get signed no up. No one works Kima, but my co-director. <laughs> she is the only one that can go in with her. But because I work with uh, my co-director so much, because she's there most days, I'm there. Um, she can go in and crate her, so I can work with her brother Miko. Oh, okay. Yes, which is kind of funny because most of our Kinkajus are like 20 plus, so like they have teeth problems, other health yeah. issues. But Miko, he has his full set of teeth Aww. still. So, like, he yawns like you see all his teeth. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Whereas other our other ones, if they do have teeth, it's like one snaggle tooth. They're all, like, mid nearing mid-twenties. So. Yeah. yeah. The baby. But now I can work with three of them. That's good. Yes, Forrest, um, Kaya, and Linus. I just got approved on, sign off on Linus. How many are there? So we have seven, but only six go to programs. Okay. Because the original dad, he's retired. Mm. Then, so out, technically there's five because only one person can work with Kima. <laughs> That's just so random. Yeah. it's. Is she like a German Shepherd and she just doesn't like other uh, people? Or no. like there's like, no, she's a diva and like she. Yeah. The thing is, you. we like call her bipolar because sometimes she'll like go up she'll be by like the edge of her enclosure she'll just hiss at you <laughs> and then there's other times like she looks like she's sh presenting her head to get head scratches mm -hmm. but then after it's like i'm done with head scratches now i try to bite you <laughs> she's a cat yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> so yeah but then her brother miko's like yeah he's chill oh cute little yeah. guy yeah they're all siblings except for one okay yeah. how is miko so much younger than the rest then no he's not that much younger he's a 18, 17. I think 18. Okay. Yeah. She and Kima, him and Kima are the youngest. Then Kiki, who's the father of all of them, is mm -hmm. 28 or 31. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yep. All right. Well, that sounds fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and I'm also working with our one of our Hyrex. So we have two Hyrex. Aww. Only one does programs because the other one was a display animal at another facility. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't do well with people Aww. she's too flighty oh baby <laughs> but we still love her oh yeah but the other one Kopi, she's the one that goes to programs and we actually pick her up and harness her oh yeah and she has a big personality because if she finds out she can bully you she'll she'll definitely bully you oh yep. dear mm -hmm. what does she do to bully people oh she she's like oh if she doesn't want to do with something she'll turn around and bite you <laughs> it doesn't hurt though because her she chews on she just likes to chew on stuff yeah so it's like her tusks are very blunt mm -hmm. so it's like mm, it's blunt it's pegs <laughs> you're like what yeah. do you think you're accomplishing here sweetie? yeah and like she'll also know it's like if she would try to crater and like she knows she can bully you then she'll like no i'll just sneak in get the treat then just back out because you won't push me in <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah well, there you go. Animals mm. are animals. Yeah. Or she'll know it's like, no, I don't want to pop because how we crate, how we do the pickup is like we open up the top of her crate, then mm -hmm. we put a treat there and we're like paw up and then she's supposed to just paw up mm -hmm. and then we go in and pick her up yeah. and hold her like a football basically. Okay. Sometimes she's like, no, I don't want to paw up or I don't want to paw up there. I'm going to paw up over here. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's yeah. how people would be And too. it's like, oh, you're not, you're not getting me now. I can jump away. <laughs> She just doesn't want to be involved. Yeah. I mean, can you blame her? <laughs> I don't want to be around people. I think it's like, she's really chill once you're holding her. She's like, yeah, I just chill here. Give me treats. I'm happy. <laughs> Silly little thing. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I finally went to Disneyland because I used my points because I realized that Splash Mountain is changing forever <laughs> at the end of this month. So I was like, well, they're revamping it into a Prince and the Frog, which I think will be great. But anyway, I was like, but that was my favorite ride when I was a kid. So I'm like, I should really go. But I also injured my foot, obviously, forever ago, but I'm starting to take it more serious. I'm like, I better wear a boot, because at Disney, that'd be a lot of walking for me to mess it up. Mm. So, um, multiple things to share. <laughs> um, 
Disney is not actually that accessible, I have mm-hmm. found. Unless you're in a wheelchair, even then it's still somewhat not. So I go, because you're supposed to, when you get your ticket, you have to do a video chat to get the, like, disability type thing ahead of time. But it has to be at least two days before your ticket. And my reward card only came two days before I we were going to go. And then I had to run errands, so it came, like, in the afternoon. So I was like, I can't do this today. So I was like, well, we just have to go to, you know, City Hall or whatever it's called up the front and talk to them there so they're like yeah you don't really have to actually put anything on your ticket you just go to the different rides and then ask them about the comeback time and stuff like that so we do that so we go over to splash we get the comeback time and then it's like okay so you can only have one at a time and then it was like okay so we were looking at the app and like what the wait times are like and the haunted mansion was an absolute lie and i don't know why my friend didn't believe that was a lie she's like oh it says it's 30 minutes i'm like we walked past it on the way here that is at least 45 minutes probably Mm. 50 to an hour and it's like, oh, well, Thunder Mountain is short. And usually Thunder Mountain does move pretty mm-hmm. fast. So I'm like, I cannot hobble to hunt Thunder Mountain from Splash, then back to Splash, <laughs> ride it, then back to Splash. Like, it's just too difficult. Also, going to Splash, I'd only worn the boot at home, which is flat. That was my first experience going down a hill. It's not much of a hill, but it's still a hill. And you fall forward when you're in a boot because they're, you know, curves that you're rocking. So it protects your foot. And that's a different experience going down a hill, let me just say. But anyway, so I'm like, okay, well, let's go. And we didn't know the whole, like, you can only get one at a time situation. And then she said on some rides, they'll just bring you through because depending on how the lines are and stuff, they might just bring you through, like, an exit type thing, which is how the most of them work. But anyway, mm-hmm. so we go over to Haunted, and they were not helpful at all. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like, I'm not doing this for no reason. Like, I clearly have. I don't even know if they saw my boot, though. And I'm like, this is a situation. But anyway, so... I didn't want, uh, I do not feel, the problem that we discovered is that basically it seems like Disney wants you to rent one of their $60 wheelchairs, mm-hmm. which aside from the money, navigating that in a crowd is very challenging. I have had my foot run over by one of those before, which is very unpleasant, and I was lucky it did not do serious damage, and I'm going to get that stuck in the tracks on Main Street. There's no way I'm not getting those wheels stuck in the track on Main Street. And then you got to lift out a wheelchair thing, one of those motorized wheelchairs, which are heavy, out of that. I'm like, this is a nightmare. So anyway, there really should be an in-between. And I swear they used to have an in-between situation. Because, like, I can stand for 20 to 30 minutes. I can't stand for 80 minutes. <laughs> and they're like, well, these these rides are accessible. And I'm like, because the things are wide. I'm like, but there's no seating. So anyone who has a foot injury, ankle injury knee injury hip or back right can't do this which is crazy sauce i'm like if they're seating there then who cares because as long as you can sit every once in a while it's fine for most people in my situation right so anyway that was one annoyance and then we go so we do splash then we go to rise of resistance which is amazing but they have you move from like that one part where they move to the little shuttley thing you know and the guy and it's a distance from the main area right and they're like hurry hurry and i'm like dude (laughs) There's only so much hurrying I can do. And I look ridiculous trying to hurry in my boot because now I'm, like, swaying all over the place. Anyway, and then that thing moves, and I was like, oh, this is awkward. And also, people with motion sickness, that part's rough. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't really have it, but still, I was like, this is awkward. Anywho, and then, of course, the ride itself was awesome. But didn't know there was going to be a drop. Warning, there's a drop. (laughs) And then we go, and I was like, no. And I was like, luckily, it's only one drop. It's okay. But anyway, it was a situation. So, but that ride is awesome. For sure. We barely got into that one because oh. what? No, I just remember when I went, there was this one mom with her three kids. It's like, it was so funny because like the mom was so into like playing it up for the kids. Yeah. It's like, I could not do that even if I was paying. <laughs> As like she could, I was just impressed. Yeah. Because like I have to play it up for kids when I do programs. Like, yeah. But I wish I could do it to like her. But I don't if have that. If you had ridden it before, then it'd be easier to do. Yeah. Because if I was riding for the first time, I'd be like, forget you. I want to enjoy it myself. Mm-hmm. And I was sad like in the very beginning when you – I don't want to like give stuff away if you haven't been on it. But like in the very beginning with all the stormtroopers, mm-hmm. I wanted to take more time there. I was like, this oh, yeah. is awesome. I don't want to have to be rushed through this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, see, so yeah, I'm not going to give away anything more than that. But there is a drop. People. <laughs> and I thought it was going to drop at a different time, too, and it didn't. And then I was like, oh, okay, we're good. And then later it dropped, and I was like, dang it. But it was only one drop, so it was okay. I can handle that. I can't handle the up and down. Like, my heart can't, like, fix itself. Anyway. Um, I wonder what causes that. It's very weird. Anywho. Um, so that was great. And then, of course, we both have issues gastrally. <laughs> so we can't eat at the same place. So we had to eat. And then we were going to go over, and I wasn't hungry yet. So I'm like, well... Because my main goals were to do Splash, Rise, and the new parade. 
And then I was like, okay, so it's an hour and a half before the parade. I go over there. Mate, this is probably my biggest complaint with Disney about the situation. They used to have multiple benches, like two benches that were reserved for handicap. So you could, you know, see the parade, basically. And technically with the rides, if you have injuries, you're not really supposed to ride them. But like a foot injury like mine in a boot, I'm not going to get it more injured by riding a ride. But some, if you had like a back injury or something, you totally could. So you can kind of argue they don't have to make that accessible. But the parade where you sit and watch it, I think that should be accessible. So they don't have those benches anymore. We asked the cast member, we didn't see them. Now they've been taken into the like reserved area for fireworks and stuff. Anywho, so it was an hour and a half before the parade and there were no benches available. <laughs> so I was like, well, I have to at least do the curb because I can't sit like crisscross applesauce on the sidewalk. Like that's just, even getting on the curb is difficult, but like that's going to be impossible. So I go over and I find, she went off to get something, I don't know. Oh, she was scouting for other seats. And then I go to sit on the curb and luckily a mom with her two kids behind me like offers me their seat on the bench. But I was like, Disney, there is no excuse for this. And apparently they have a space for people with wheelchairs. But then there was me. There was a woman with a cane who was standing for a long time until someone gave her their seat. I'm like, Disney, that is unacceptable. So I will be writing to them (laughs) angrily about that. And then, so we do that and then we go over to DCA because I wanted to see Avengers Campus and do the Spider-Man thing and go to Turtle Talk and all that stuff, right? Anyway, so we go over there, and Avengers Campus is kind of a letdown, not going to lie. And she was like, mostly it's during the day. They, like, do little shows and stuff. But she's like, but you're standing. I'm like, cool. Mm. <laughs> and then we were doing the parade at the time that we would be doing that. So I'm like, well, it's not possible to do this. And then we did Spider the Spider-Man thing, Web Slingers, which is an arm workout. My God, I oh, was yeah. dying. Yep. And then I was like, oh, my God, they actually do see you. So basically in that one, you have to do the little Spider-Man. I, people can totally see what I'm doing. But the Spider-Man hand, right, when he shoots out his webs. And you do that and you shoot at these little spidery thingies. Anyway, and it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. But I got the second highest score of my little car on my first time so I was pretty proud also I didn't know what color I was for a very long time so I'm like I don't know where I'm aiming I'm like am I aiming right I don't know what's happening I'm like okay I'm getting better anyway but um that took me a while so that ride's fun but it is an arm workout dude Mm -hmm. especially with the big one I was like I'm so stressed anyway so we did that we rode mermaid and then we rode which was fun because that was the one I got onto that has like a conveyor thing which is a little more challenging in the boot because you're not that anyway dexterous (laughs) So we did that, and then we did one of the um, Cars Land, the Mater one. That's really simple and cute and fun. We did that. Yeah, it's like little tractors. Oh, I that and Luigi are fun. Because your it's because your family is lame, and they won't do anything other than the things they always do every time. Anyway, you got to do them. They're really fun. There's a lot of like kitty rides that are actually really fun. Mm. Anyway, um, so we did that, and then we went over to the animation place, obviously. And we didn't have a ton of time, so it's like, well, we can't do everything. So I went over and looked at who the, you know, who they're drawing, which was finally a different character. It was Mike. But I was like, uh, I'd rather do Turtle Talk. So we go over to Turtle Talk. They've now added seats in Turtle Talk. You used to just sit on the floor. <laughs> and then they have a spot up front for the kids to sit. Sit. I'm just very impressed by Turtle Talk. This is why you should have gone and you should blame your parents. It's very, like, technically extremely impressive because their voice actors are obviously very good. And I don't know if they're using, um technology to make the voice match better because there's also a couple other characters in it and I doubt they're paying someone to do two lines in a show but anyway um but like the kids are so cute okay dude you're pushing this since it's about to fall off the table oh. <laughs> I'm like this is a problem anyway but it's so good and like so obviously you don't know what you're gonna be saying ahead of time because he's asking questions and then kids ask him questions and stuff but the facial expressions and the matching of the talking are so good and they must have cameras all over. And I'm sitting there looking for the cameras so that they can see everyone in the audience. But it's just really cute. Anyway, and their actors for that are really good. So it's super fun. I'm just happy we did that. And then I went and looked at things I can't buy again and off the page because it's a beautiful store. Mm-hmm. Anywho, then we went back to Disney. And then I was like, okay, it's like toward the end of the night. My foot's tired. I was like, let's take the train to Tomorrowland and then we can try for like space and stuff. The train took forever. Two things with the train. <laughs> so... There is no ramp at the main street entrance for the train. So beyond people with accessibility issues, there are parents carrying strollers downstairs. I'm like, this is a lawsuit waiting to happen. So if you're a parent who has your small child in a stroller, you're carrying a child in one arm and a stroller down in the other. I'm like, that is not safe. And then the train has accessibility for a wheelchair. So I'm like, what you doing? And then we realized like two of the stations do have ramps 
but they're mm. the stations that are right next to each other. <laughs> so, like, what is the point? And obviously someone who, like me, doesn't want to have to walk the whole park is going to want to take the train and knock it off at the next stop, like, or whatever, or take a round trip to do that. Like, that's just, that's dumb. Anyways, that was really annoying. So I'll definitely be complaining to them about that because even for parents, that's a problem. And you built this place for parents with children. You should have strollers in mind. Anyway, I'm like, I'm going to watch parent eat shit, and that's going to be a problem. Mm. Anyway, and apparently... So these are my other complaints with Disney now. Disney is still kind of good. But you pay a ridiculous amount of money for your ticket. And then fast passes used to be free. Now you pay $25 for the Genie. But the Genie doesn't cover all rides. Then there are like five rides that you have to buy a lightning lane for. And maybe the lightning lane you would think might be $5. No, it's it's $25. So if you're a family of four, you add on easily $200 if you get Genies and only one of those lightning lanes. Which is ridiculous. And then obviously everything else is expensive. And then if you have an issue, they basically want you to rent a wheelchair. That's like $60. And then we're sitting at the train and the fireworks are going. Only the fireworks don't actually go. The rest of it goes. And it's not a windy day. Because when it's windy, they won't do it, obviously, for safety issues. But then my friend was like, you know what I realized? They don't seem to do them during the week. So now Disney basically only does fireworks on Friday, Saturday, Sunday and like Mm. special times. So you've paid a ridiculous amount of money to get in here, and you don't even get the Disneyland fireworks. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. I'm like, Disney, you're ridiculous. And then I was like, well, maybe I can try to upgrade today's ticket to a pass or a key, and they only have the $1,500 one, which is insane. Yeah. Anyway. And then I did the math, too, and I was like, well, you get parking with it. So if I got the pass that I wanted, it'd be like $1,000. But the $1,000 one doesn't come with parking. Or like $1,100, whatever it is. So anyway... Disney has gotten insanely money hungry mm-hmm. as a stockholder. That's good. But as a per, I mean, they're just totally priced out normal families. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, yeah, my dad it's not was possible. even talking about, it. I was like, there was a point at which Disney, a typical family could actually afford a pass. Yeah, you can. No, no. It's either, that is the only thing you do all year. Like you don't go to movies, you don't go out to eat. This is what you do mm-hmm. or, or you're wealthy or you're at least well off. Maybe not wealthy, but well off. Or what I have a feeling is happening. It's just debt. <laughs> People are charging it, and it's just debt sitting there. Because, like, yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, so I was very unhappy with it. And then it was funny because we're waiting for the parade, and I'm sitting with my arms crossed on the bench, and my friend comes back. She's like, you look mad. (laughs) She was like, is the magic not here? I'm like, it's not. I'm like, because also, before it was expensive, but, like, you could still get lost in it. But now I feel like I'd be so worried about how expensive it is that I wouldn't even enjoy myself. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, oh, I can't buy food. Or I can't buy that, which I can't buy food anyway. But, like normally right it's like oh i can't buy that i can't buy this because it's too expensive i'm like it's just you can't get anything done we were there for like 12 hours and we got like four rides and we only got the last ones done so we took the train over to tomorrowland and we go to space and the park's about to close in like an hour and we're like oh can we get the comeback time thing i also almost fell over as i was walking up to them so that was helpful they're like oh we're not doing that anymore but we are doing a transfer for like wheelchair users in like 10 minutes you can do that it was like fantastic so we did that and then by that time, see, if you wait till the end of the night, Star Tours was only a 10-minute wait after that. So we did Space mm. and Star Tours immediately and then left. And I was dying by the end of the day. And my calf, my left calf where my boot is, was sore for three days after that. So that was rough. Anyway, but um, I was not happy with Disney, I got to say. When we got over to DCA, I was much more like, ah, this is home. Like, this mm-hmm. is where I feel chill and good and things are great. But I was like, Disneyland is just too money-hungry and you can't get the rides done. You can't experience things. Like the lightsabers, the nice ones are like two hundred bucks. You see a family with like that's four of how those? much it is. It's like a hundred or two hundred, like that, something like that. They're very, they're at least a hundred, and you'll see a family with four of them. And I'm like, how, <laughs> how see, are you affording this? I'm so confused. Yeah, I didn't spend time like looking at the little droid things or the lightsaber stuff. I was like, that's too much. They're really expensive. Yeah, but I'm like, and then if you're, and then apparently Fantasmic now, you basically have to buy one of the dining things packages to see it. Otherwise, you have to see it from the Pirates Bridge over by Pirates, which is a horrible view. Mm-hmm. And it used to be back in the day, like, you could buy the dining packages, right, which is easy. You don't have to get there early and you can see it. But you could also just go, like, stake out your spot two hours ahead. So Disney has just really, in my opinion, gone downhill. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's affordable at all. They've completely priced out normal families. And yeah, I just think it's very, it's very disappointing. <laughs> so anyway, I was, I was very annoyed with it. DCA is cool though. But anyway, I don't think you can get a pass for just DCA. <laughs> so anywho, there you go. Um, yeah, because if you're coming from Montana, let's say, you're going to want to get all those things so you can actually do the stuff at the park. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you're going to be dropping two, over two grand easy. for, And that doesn't include your hotels. That doesn't include your airfare. 
That doesn't include your food or your souvenirs. It's insane. Anyway, screw you, Disney. And also wearing a boot. If you uh, do have an injury and you're going to Disney, I just don't recommend it, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not It was not good. If you have a pass, fine, because you're not going to waste a lot of money. But it's just you basically have to get a wheelchair. What I really needed, I realized, is one of those little scooter things that you put your knee on. Mm-hmm. That's what I really needed. Oh, yeah. Because then I could have, like, carried it and stuff when we got into the – that's what I really mm-hmm. needed. But it's ridiculous. They mm-hmm. really don't – I feel like they used to be better about accommodating people with, you know, canes and issues like mine versus – needing an actual wheelchair which is great because also 100 percent those people run people over i've been run over <laughs> it's not a good situation so anyway i actually what so i just remember this story because you talked about rolling on that it was yeah. like i remember there was a mom there she was on a mission or something she was with a stroller and it's like just charging down weaving between people and then yeah. she hit me nice yeah they didn't I even say sorry of course she didn't those people are so rude I also had a situation where we were walking and like I announced to Denora, I was like, new rule. Kids don't get out of the way. They're getting hit. Like I can't, ah! I literally cannot maneuver in my mm-hmm. foot, to, like with a boot to like get around. I'm like, that's it. Their parent gets shitty. I'm like, look at my boot. You need to teach your child and you probably need to learn some respect mm-hmm. because like you need to, and it's not like I'm going out of my way to hit you. Like you're walking yeah. in my path. Like I was like, I'm done. I don't yeah. care if it's a two year old. They're getting knocked over. I can't, I can't maneuver. Yeah. It's up to them. That's why <laughs> I always give mad respect Whenever I see parents that have leashes on their kids. I would have a leash for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends on the age, but yeah. they just get away too fast. No, till they're 13. <laughs> That's too old. Too old. But absolutely. <laughs> and if someone gave me shit, I'd be like, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. I have no problem. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, no, leashing makes mm-hmm. sense because they can just get lost so easy. Oh, yeah. They zip around and then, you know, yeah. you might clothesline someone if they separate from That'd you. Be, that's a fun story. <laughs> or your kid. First, you clothesline someone and your kid gets thrown. <laughs> Because it wouldn't be enough weight to hold it. No. Anyway, good times. Anywho, moving on from a, quite honestly, fairly disappointing experience in Disneyland to, um, anyway, it's also made me question going to the zoo in the park because I'm like, it's it's a challenge, man. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. So, continue on. What do you want to talk about today? So, uh, it was actually just recently Endangered Species Day. Okay. So, I uh, want to highlight one organization called Save Giraffes Now. Woo-hoo. Yeah, I want to highlight giraffes because they honestly don't get a whole lot of press in the conservation field. And they really should because they're going through what's called a silent extinction. Meaning what, that no one's talking about it? Well, no, it's kind of, their numbers are declining. We are not completely sure why. Oh, okay. Weird. Yeah, since this is why um, if you go to like the San Diego Zoo, um, I think Safari Park does it, but San Diego Zoo, I've noticed, does a better job at talking about it, the silent extinction of giraffes and talking about Wild Watch Kenya. Yeah. And that's helping scientists monitor them. I but, don't think I've ever heard about that at the zoo. I've only heard that at the park. Really? I think that's the only place they ever mentioned Wild Watch Kenya. I remember at the zoo, not the park. Weird. Oh. They usually say it on the tram. Anyway. Um, I don't know. Maybe. But anyway. On. <laughs> so, so giraffes currently are only recognized as a single species. There are some scientists that want to reclassify them as multiple species. So I will call these subpopulations just um, for to give some numbers on Currently, there's four they have classified. So there's the northern giraffe, reticulate giraffe, the Maasai, and the southern giraffe. Okay. Southern, if you classify these all as separately, the southern giraffe is doing the best at least concern with about 54,750 left. The Maasai, they're endangered with 35,000. Reticulate giraffe, they're also endangered with 15,780. And then the northern giraffe is critically endangered with just 5,600. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. So just put some perspective. There are four times as many elephants as there are giraffes. Crazy. Yes. Giraffes have seen a 90% decline. Again, it's a silent extinction uh, because um, they're not quite sure why. (laughs) So um, Save Giraffes Now is an organization that works to help improve the situation for these guys. There's a couple other ones um, that specialize just in giraffes. But this was one where uh, they um, published their... um, impact report which it you could look up to go into more details but some of the things that they're working on is improve water accessibility for giraffes as well as treating severe skin lesions which are um you may see giraffes in the wild that have these very dry um skin with a lot of bumps so they're doing treatments for those 
Is that from them fighting each other or what? It's from an infection. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if it's these um, skin lesions were left untreated, then they could actually get severely sick and die. Okay. Yep. So those are some of the things they're doing. Um, and I also, if I can find... Oh, yeah. So they also um, have a report on um, their financials, which they spend 84% of the donations they get on their programs, but just 9% going to administration and 7% towards funding, what, fundraising, uh, <laughs> which is what, when you look at the um, charity watchdog groups, that's around the percentages that you want to see when you want to support certain groups. So, okay. yep, I just want to donate. Uh, p- bring that to some people's attention because honestly I love elephants and rhinos but they get too much of the attention sometimes I really like giraffe I think I like Me giraffe too. more than elephants and rhinos really yeah. they're just really cool yes, I mean not are. that I, I no hate on elephants and rhinos <laughs> I also love them but I think mm-hmm. giraffe are just they're just so you I mean elephants and rhinos kind of also mm-hmm. unique but giraffe yeah. are so unique yeah I feel like elephants and rhinos are like somewhat similar giraffes are totally different mm-hmm. anyway so that's cool all right. Well, also some happy. That's not exactly happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, go support them, but the issue is a problem. Um, but in some other kind of happier news, um, this is an article from N- uh, NBC News, and it is platypus returns to Australian national park for the first time in half a century. So anyway, um, uh, it says the mammal is unique to Australia, but because of its reclusive nature and highly specific habitat needs, most in the country have never seen one in the wild. So, anyway, um, the relocation is a collaborative effort between the University of New South Wales and Taronga Conservation Society Australia, uh, WWF Australia, and the new, I'm sorry, um, NSW National Parks and Wildlife Service. So, they released four females on Friday, this is written, anyway, into the Royal National Park, which was established in 1879, and is the second oldest national park in the world. Ooh, interesting. Go look up who the first is. Is it Say us? Say that one more time. The second oldest national park in the world. I'm wondering if the first is ours, which I think would probably be not Yosemite, the other one. Yellowstone is my it guess. It is Yellowstone. Ha I am right. Anyway, um, I always confuse those two because it begins with the same letter. I want to go to Yellowstone so bad. I want to go to both of them. I want to go to all of them. Anyway. You haven't been to Yosemite? No. <gasps> I mean, I may have when I was a small child, but I, I was very well traveled as a small child. I, I can't remember love Yosemite. I know. I want to be I've... everywhere. I flew over it coming back from Alaska. I was like, that's a weirdly shaped rock. And I'm like, that, I bet that's Half, half dome. dome. And I was like, that sure looks like... <laughs> I was so sad. It was too late for me to get my camera out. Anyway. Um, and also, usually on planes, like, they'll say stuff like that. Like, when I've flown over the Grand Canyon, and they're like, oh, on your right is the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't the pilot say, oh, on your right is Yellowstone? <laughs> you can see Half Dome. Not Yellowstone. Yosemite. Anyway. So, no confirmed platypus sightings have been reported in the park, located about 35 kilometers or one hour's drive south of Sydney since the 1970s i love that they did that for californians we always do everything in time versus distance Mm -hmm. because traffic is a situation yes anyway the relocation comes at a time when the platypus is increasingly threatened by habitat destruction river degradation feral predators and extreme weather events such as droughts and bushfires estimates on the current population vary widely from 30,000 to some 300,000 it's very exciting for us to see platypuses come back. I hate it. Platypi, I'm saying. Don't care if it's wrong. It's platypuses. <laughs> come back into the park for a thriving population here to establish themselves and for Sydneyers to come and enjoy this amazing animal. The said Gilad Bino, something like that, a researcher from UNSWS's Central Center for Ecosystem Science. Anyway, the platypuses, which live along Australia's east coast and in Tasmania, were collected from various locations across southeastern New South Wales state and subjected to various tests before relocation. Each platypus will be tracked for the next two years to better understand how to intervene and relocate the species in the event of a drought, bushfire, or flood, researchers say. So anyway, so they're starting to release them. I don't really know why they've only released females, because obviously they can't breed. <laughs> In that case, anyway, so um, I'm also very confused of what this video is. <laughs> I'm pausing. Oh. That's <laughs> amazing. Anyway. What? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it was, um, oh, it's gone now. But it was police respond to cries for help and they find it's a goat. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway. So um uh, anyway, yeah, so it's exciting. So platypus are being released back into um the national park, which is apparently the second oh. oldest in the world. Casey's having a meltdown. Anyway, so there you go. So that's good news. Hopefully they'll be able to establish a healthy population in that park, which would be great. Like wolves returning to Yellowstone. <laughs> Casey's still having a breakdown. Nope, we're good now. Okay. I nearly did, okay, but great. we avoided a crisis. Okay, great. great. <laughs> anyway, so that's my good news. So now we move into our picks for this week, and it was Casey's turn. And what was the category? We went with, so it originally <laughs> was pretty looking venomous animals. Mm-hmm. So, and as per usual, Allie screwed it up. Allie, Allie done goofed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she done goofed. So now. It is. <laughs> Pretty looking venomous or poisonous animal. Yes. Also, Allie only realized she done goofed right before we started recording yes, she this did. and looked at the word poison and at venom and was like, oh. <laughs> anyway, continue on. Who did you choose? I went with the coral snake. It's somewhat amazes me we have not talked about I mean, we've talked about them, but not in depth. Yeah. We've talked about a coral snake, but that was one. No, no, no. I'm saying, part. like, we've referenced coral oh, snakes. I'm yes. just saying we haven't gone into anything about yeah. them. Mm hmm. Yes, so I'm specifically going to talk about the eastern coral snake. There are actually three species of coral snake found in the United States. There is the Arizona coral snake, the Texas, and then the eastern coral snake. And as you may guess from the name, they are found in the eastern United States and in states. States, not country. Well, they feel like different countries, let's be real. Sometimes, yeah. Um, and I always thought the coral snake was only in the east. I did not realize it was in freaking Arizona. Yeah horrifying yep. okay great mm -hmm. oh no i better tell my my parents dog likes to attack snakes oh my god he hasn't caught him yet but he's gone after a specific king snake i'm like oh. you see someone that's not striped like that has <laughs> other stripes you better get him yep also don't let him kill snakes anyway but yep <laughs> so they're found in states like southern california southern Cal carolina i was like nope not california <laughs> Try again georgia alabama and florida now the reason they are called coral snakes which kind of makes sense, but I remember wondering this when I was a kid, uh, is because their bright coloration, which is somewhat reminiscent of some species of corals. That's a dumb reason, but okay. We're, biologists, we are not good at naming things. Obviously not. <laughs> yeah. So these guys, uh, typically they're a medium-sized snake. They usually get about 46 to 76 centimeters long. I lost my thing. 76 is the biggest? Yes. Oh, too far. Oh, yeah, that's not too bad. Mm -hmm. That's smaller than a gopher snake, for sure. Is it? I've seen I've, some pretty big gopher snakes. That's what I'm saying. It's smaller than a gopher snake. Oh, smaller. I was smaller. like, this is I, almost every gopher snake I have seen is bigger than this. Okay. <laughs> I thought you said big. I thought you no, said bigger. No, no, no. The gopher than... snake is bigger. Yep. Anyway, it's about 29 inches, folks. <laughs> that's decent. It's not It's not terrifying, but it's. Yep. they're probably quick, though. Yeah. They're, I would say comparative to like a milk snake or king snake so these guys they as a snake they do not have the option to dine on vegetables so they are obligate <laughs> carnivores okay so they will eat mainly on rodents but they are also known to occasionally go after things like like birds and amphibians and other reptiles but it's primarily just going to be small rodents okay now their coloration they are very brightly colored and banded yes. is an example of what alley. Does it begin with a C? No, it starts with an A. Dang it. We just talked about it. Yes, we did. I don't remember the second part of the word either. <laughs> Coloration. Oh. <laughs> and those, I don't know. A post-somatic. Yeah, there we go. So, very bright, obvious colors are meant to be a warning sign, like a stop sign. that. Like, yes, look out. Yep. Don't touch me. Yep. I will don't hurt you. Me. Yep. So... That is basically to warn any predators like potential birds of prey or large lizards that may want to snack on them that they are venomous and not to touch them. <laughs> if you say snack on them, it makes me think they're only eating part of it. And they're like, yeah, I'll save that for later. <laughs> anyway. Yep. So, but some other snakes have taken advantage of this and they have become what's called a mullerian, uh, not mullerian, a Batesian mimic. So there are other snakes like the scarlet king snake. Yes. So the oh, other animals you're saying, right? 
So the, so the other king animals are Batesian Batesian mimics. Batesian mimics because they're not venomous. Yes. Okay. Yes. Versus the main. <laughs> not gonna get it. Mullerian. Mullerian. <laughs> Which is a toxic animal mimicking another toxic animal. Okay. So, think of it. Cows and lactose are toxic to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth? Mullerian. Oh they're both toxic. And Bates, I don't know how to get up with that one anyway. This moo. Lactose intolerance. Moving on. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, anyway. So, the important thing uh, with Batesian mimics is they have to be relatively uncommon compared to the toxic animal that they're mimicking or else it's not going to be a very effective defense because if the mimic is very common and a predator just happens to try to snack on it and it doesn't get hurt then that right. means that the sense. mimicry They'll is not going, going to be very them, yeah. yep so but there is a riddle that you can use in case you decide to pick up a snake you mm -hmm. probably shouldn't do that because you probably don't know what you're doing but yeah, don't in case up. you do here it is Red touch. This is the one I remember being told. Red touches yellow, kills a fellow. Red touches black, venom it lacks. I have also heard red no, touch black. No, mine is Ven uh, You're all right, Jack. Or no. do you have a third one? Is no. There oh. It's red touches yellow, kill a fellow. Red touches black, you're all right, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that makes more sense because black and Jack rhyme, not lax and black. It rhymes black and lax. Not as good. <laughs> also, fellow and Jack is more like, oh, you're a person. You know what I mean? It's like person, person versus person. It doesn't have something. Anyway, I prefer mine. I say it's mine. I think I learned it off the Jeff Corn experience. <laughs> okay, so I do remember that. And that's another reason I want to bring this up. Because okay. um, I remember that episode. They were talking about mimicry, mm -hmm. I think, with a couple of different animals. And he had the coral snake and then the king snake yeah and it was funny because the king snake was biting the shit out of it and it was, he, there was a point it was like now i'm really hoping this is the king snake. <laughs> but i also want to talk about like i met somebody who got the rhyme mixed up oh no and he accidentally picked up a coral snake thankfully he didn't get bitten but he's lucky yeah, so I would not try to pick up a king snake. I don't think I. I, I would. think the only snake I, I would try it. to pick up is a gopher snake because they're oh, pretty really? chill. Yeah, I'm okay. I like I've handled so many king snakes, so I have no problems picking up king snakes. But wild king snakes or just king snakes in general? I picked up wild king snakes. Okay. I remember my cousin decided to go grab one, which is funny because he's absolutely terrified of snakes, and you could tell by the way he was picking it up because it was like, thank like you, this? Like, yes. Why like, did he pick it up then? I don't know. <laughs> no. People don't make sense, especially men. You should know this. <laughs> I wish you could have seen the head movements he did as he did that. It was just so like, come on, get it together. <laughs> yes. So the venom that the coral snake uses is actually a neurotoxin. Okay. Hemo and neuro. So neuro goes off the nervous system, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. So basically See, you should have asked questions like that on that other quiz. I would have gotten that stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, they use a neurotoxin. So their venom destroys the nervous systems and induces paralysis, which will eventually kill you. Thankfully, this snake actually doesn't bite people very often. And um, when they tested, so there's a measurement for how toxic a snake is. And theirs is 1.3 milligrams per kilogram. Um, for what's called the L50 score, which is basically amount of venom needed to kill about 50 rats in a cohort. Mm -hmm. so, so where does this relate to, like, a rattlesnake and, like, a, you know, a typen? Typen would be much lower. Yeah. Because uh, it's amount of... So typen would be less than one. Rattlesnake, I believe they are less toxic than a, say, a, a coral. Pacific. Uh, no, the coral snake, less toxic than a rattlesnake. Really? Yeah. I always thought they were more toxic than a rattlesnake. I could be wrong. I do not remember their L50 score, L50 score off the top of my head. But also some rattlesnakes are more. Yeah, it did, because there are yeah. several differences. Right. So my point of reference is the uh, diamond, Western Diamondbacks. Right. That's yeah. what we mostly see. Yeah. So there, there's. There's definitely ones that are more toxic than these guys, but there are also going to be ones less toxic. Yeah. Yep. So that I do not know. <laughs> okay. But Jeff Corrin picked one up, so I'm a. But I've only ever seen him use a snake hook on a rattlesnake, so. 
<laughs> he picks up a coral snake with his hand? I don't know. I think he was gripping it by the head. Crazy sauce. No, nope. I can't remember. I was a kid when I watched it. So yeah, I don't remember I picking up. I just remember the saying. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, uh, these guys are thankfully they're listed as least concern. So thankfully, cons- there's not a huge threat for them. They're obviously the states they live in. There's going to be a lot of development. So biggest threat for them is going to be loss of habitat. But thankfully, there's still plenty of these guys around. All right, cool. There we go. They are very pretty. Yes, they are. So that's exciting. All right. So, oh, no, I just closed out one of my things because I was trying to close out my story. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Hang on. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I have to go pick that up again. That was dumb of me. There he is. Okay. All right. Getting back into it. All right. So um, I saw Venomous and just thought, you know, things that can kill you or whatever. Anything that's dangerous, right? And I got very excited because I love poison dart frogs. They are so beautiful. So anyway, so then only today did I realize, oh, this is poisonous and not venomous. Oops. Anywho. But so I chose the poison dart frog. And it really bothers me. That they don't have like common names for the different kinds of poison dart frogs. So this one's really pretty. It has like blue and then like some like orange and like black and like stripiness happening. It's very pretty. Anyway, so the scientific name for the specific poison dart frog is Ranatomia amazonica. Amazonica, that makes sense. All right, cool, cool. Anyway, this species doesn't have a common name. <laughs> so you already know its scientific name. Great, fantastic. I'm happy we covered that. Um, they are a very widely distributed species with various populations in the Amazon, in countries like Colombia and Brazil, as well as Venezuela and Guiana. This is a species of poison dart frog, and like other dart frogs, they are very small, only measuring 16 to 19 millimeters long. Oh, you're so little. Millimeters. Well, okay, so it'd be like two centimeters, right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize they were that small. Yeah, they're very small. What? I thought they were like three inches. Well, maybe like two inches. I thought they were twice the size that they are, basically. Anyway, um, so like other frog species, they are carnivorous and feed on uh, very small invertebrates because they, too, are very small. <laughs> like other dart frogs, they are very brightly colored with bright blue legs that have spots while their back has vivid orange color with black stripes. These frog, and that is a thing of, I've already forgotten it, and coloration. <laughs> A post-somatic. A post-somatic. I don't know how I'm going to remember that. Never. Anyway. Um, all right. A pose. I should leave you alone. <laughs> pose. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. All right. These frogs are not particularly good jumpers, so they are very restricted in their movements and distribution. They tend to live most frequently around bromelids. What is that? Bromeliads. Bromeliads. You've never heard of a bromeliad? No, I have not. It's a plant. Oh, okay. Anyway. They tend to live most frequently around bromeliads, apparently. These bromeliads will often gather water and form miniature pools in them, which serve as the perfect home for the tadpoles of the species, so they will congregate around these plants for breeding purposes. Now, this brightly colored frog is obviously not camouflaging itself because it does not want to be hidden. Instead of relying on cryptic coloration, these frogs make themselves very obvious because they have a very important message to send, and that is, I'm toxic. So please pay attention to those red flags and avoid touching this beautiful looking frog. The bright colors are known as, oh, here we go. <laughs> a post-somatic, is that how you pronounce it or apo? A post-somatic. Okay, a post-somatic coloration and are essentially a warning sign to other animals that they are poisonous. And just remember, the way to tell the difference between if an animal is poisonous or venomous is if you bite it and die, it was poisonous. But if it bites you and you die, it was venomous. But either situation, you are dying. And this information is probably not all that helpful. <laughs> That's fun. Casey's having fun. Anyway. All right. These animals do not make their own toxins, but instead they acquire it from a species of ant they consume. So if you raise these animals in captivity without feeding them these toxic, toxic ants, because why would you have those? They will not be toxic. And this is how people are able to keep poison dart frogs as pets and not get toxified. 
what okay never mind it continues on <laughs> i got excited for a second however these animals are difficult to keep as pets due to their humidity requirements and are particularly sensitive um and are particularly sensitive nature so it is most definitely not for the beginner keeper but if you were good at keeping frogs you could keep these yeah oh that'd be so exciting yeah i've seen them at expos and stuff I want them. I want them, Casey. I want them so you bad. You can't have them, Allie. I want them. Uh, I want them too, but I know I don't have, especially now I don't have time commitment. Anyway, this species of frog is currently listed as data deficient. I don't think we get many of those. <laughs> nope. By the IUCN Red List. Um, it is suspected that their population may decline due to habitat loss as well as the citrid fungus? Citrid. Citrid fungus. Um, that is plaguing so many amphibians and many uh, and may impact the species. Anyway, they're gorgeous. There are so many different kinds of beautiful poison dart frogs. Mm-hmm. So um, they are the jewels of the rainforest. Oh, okay. Anyway, they're just gorgeous. There we go. So our pretty looking venomous and or poisonous <laughs> animals were the coral snake and the poison dart frog. With that specific, I'm just gonna say Amazonica because that part's cool. Mm. Can I just call him Randy Amazonica? It's just the first part of his other name. I'm going with that. Anyway, all right. Well, um, I done fucked up. That's okay. I'm just, goofing, <laughs> I'm just goofing all over the place. So before we move into our animal of the week, uh, hey, Casey. Yes, Allie? Why is the giraffe the most respected animal on the savanna? Um, I don't know. Because everyone looks up to them. Okay. <laughs> he accepted that one. Apparently. I do. I do accept it because they do. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Except for the birds, I guess, technically. Yeah. But Some birds. Ostriches. Yeah. Look that, I mean, that's true. <laughs> anyway. All right. So now it is time for Animal of the Week. And our Animal of the Week this week is... The Dracula Parrot. Woohoo! They're so cool looking. <laughs> technically, the more commonly new, no, used common name is Pesquette's Parrot. I would say amongst scientists people, normal people... The layman called them Dracula parrots for a reason. Anyway, yep. continue. Tell us about them. So these guys are in the order Cetacaformes, which are the true parrots. Well, parrots and cockatoos, technically. Okay. Um, they're in the family Cetracicidae, and their scientific name is Cetracus vulgitus. Hmm, okay. I wanted it to be better, but that's okay. <laughs> so these guys are actually only found on New Guinea, and they live in montane rainforests. Okay. They can be, the average lifespan is around 40 years, about 46 centimeters long. I failed. You failed again. I failed again. 46 centimeters, about 18 inches. Yep. That's pretty good. Yep. So it's they're not like de- macaw, but it's pretty big. Nope. They're pretty decent size. It's pretty good size. They can weigh 680 to 800 grams. Okay. Yep. Now they may get the name Dracula Parrot, but don't let that name deceive you. It is not because they are drinking the blood of their victims. <laughs> they are just like any other parrot, and they are frugivores. In fact, they almost exclusively feed on just a few species of figs. Oh, I was hoping it'd be something red, so it'd be like red dripping down. No, not red. Dang. Anyway, okay. But they have also been known to feed on blossoms, other flowers, and even nectar. So they do have a minor role in pollination, but birds honestly don't make the greatest pollinators because the pollen doesn't stick to them very well oh okay yep but they do a little bit but they're much more important for distributing the seeds of figs mm-hmm. now the reason they get the name nickname dracula parrot is because these are pr- most likely the most gothic looking birds on planet earth they pretty much are yeah yeah they have a kind of hair featherless face um they also get the name vulture parrot because of that yeah their whole they're just the shape of their head looks that way too yeah it's cool yep and then they have a black chest they have some red plumage underneath and their back is also black and yeah fun way is you can actually tell the difference between males and females pretty easily with these guys and it's not because the females are look any drab looking <laughs> okay it is because the males have little red dots behind their ears oh okay i see this one yeah yep so they're actually pretty easy to tell apart. Now, the very obvious thing that I think is very cool about these guys is that feather, mostly featherless head. Yeah. So it looks like a vulture. Yeah. So that's the head what, totally looks like a vulture. Yeah. So vultures have that featherless head because they need to go into the heads of carcasses in order right. to pull out meat. And so 
by having a featherless head that prevents them from getting all kinds of bacteria and germs and getting all messy and getting a matted face of feathers. Right, that makes sense. So what these guys is basically the same thing, but instead of uh, eating carcasses, these guys are going to be eating very sticky figs. Mm, okay. So by ha they can get all that plant juice all over their face without it getting all stuck and matted in their feathers. Okay. I love that you said it's easy to tell the difference because they have red behind their eyes. So that isn't like in a captive situation. However, in the wild, it would be hard to see for sure if they have red dots behind their eyes. I wouldn't say that hard. It's like... You gotta be real close to them or have real good binoculars. Yeah. You ha could use some decent binoculars. <laughs> so, unfortunately, um, for these guys, they are also hunted um, for <laughs> Sorry. their feathers. Uh, because they feathers are used by some um, native people for certain tribal ceremonies. Thankfully, though, that trend has declined and they tend to use other feathers now um, and so there's not as much pressure on them from um, local tribes trying to hunt them for their feathers mainly what they're threatened now by is deforestation because okay. they're on an island habitat so there's not really much space for them to live at nope. um, but another cool thing of that I think makes these guys very gothic is that actually they also sound kind of terrifying, apparently. Really? And they make a very loud, kind of haunting screech call. Well, now I want to hear that. I can't find... I didn't find a video on it. Oh. Uh, but there might be one out there. There are... Actually, I think I have this article that has a video that... I don't know if it's a recording... Oh, wait. This says... Yeah, this one just is how they look. Not for their screech. But as I mentioned, these guys love figs, and figs make up a good portion of the rainforest. So when they eat these figs, they're obviously going to have to poop out the seeds. Right, and that's how it works. So they're very important as an ecosystem engineer. engineer. So you could have asked that scientific term, too, and I would have known it. So Allie does know some things. Rude. Just not all the things, or the things that I ask. I don't know most of the things, but I do know some things. I'd say now I know more than most people who are not biology majors. Yeah, I would say that as well. Yeah. Yeah. These guys aren't a very well-studied pair. There's not as much information on them. And because they live in a more secluded island habitat, that makes them more vulnerable. But they are group, uh, the only members of their subfamily, um, which is the... I'm going to butcher it again. <laughs> it's a trachysinae. Okay. Um, they're only members of that family. And there's only three uh, families of true parrots. So they're actually pretty unique in that oh, sense. Okay. There's a lot more in Africa and over in Asia. Um, thank, even though these guys are facing some threats um, from deforestation and hunting, they're currently still only listed as vulnerable, but they are still losing numbers, unfortunately. Okay. And again, it was primarily due to that hunting for their feathers. Um, that was driving down their populations. Thankfully, with that not being as much of a threat, and they're not really sought after by anyone that's looking to have any kind of pet bird, so you won't find them in the bird trade very often. I feel like a goth person might want them as a pet bird. Yes, I would very, like, <laughs> I would love to have a gothic-looking parrot. If you had, but... like, a vampire-y Victorian-looking house, that mm -hmm. would be an appropriate pet for you. Yep. Anyway, not that you should have it. I'm just saying, like, aesthetically. Yes. Anywho. Yep. All right, so that's the Dracula parrot. Yes, that is. They're super cool. Mm -hmm. I think I've like they've been on my radar for a very long time, mm -hmm. and I've just never had a chance to do them. Anyway, all right. Well, it's time for a challenge, and we're gonna do our uh, last, our final round of taboo. And I did have to get animal adjacent cards because we ran out of animals, <laughs> and we're gonna have enough to get through this. So um, I don't personally have a lot of animals left. I think you have some over there. So okay. Anyway, all right. Got the timer out. It was 10 minutes, right? No, we did 2.5 each. Oh, yeah. That's... It's me with a two. Yeah, get those rolls out now. Okay. Okay. All right, tell me when you're ready. So, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm giving clues first. Okay. I'm guessing first, yep. All right. 
I am ready. Okay, go. So we talked about oviviparous and all that. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between them. So um, oviviparous would be they lay eggs. So eggs. Thank you. Singular. Egg. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, can't say that. Okay. So this year, <laughs> um, it's it's the place, the region that we do after Africa. Asia? Yep. Oh, okay. Yep, yeah, that's right. I was like, oh no, can I not say other things? But that was not on there. Okay, so I don't see why I can't say that. Um, the AZA mm-hmm. represents zoos and... Aquariums. But singular. Aquarium. Yep. This is what a very large mammal has, and they get poached for it. And it's also um, for pianos. They say tickling Ivory. the... Yeah. Um, cheetahs make this sound. Chirp. Yep. Um, oh, I can't say that. I can't say that. These create a lot of islands. Volcanoes. Yep. So, um, the fennec fox, for example, at the zoo or the park are an animal. Ambassador. Yep. <laughs> Knocking it over. Um, a biologist is under the umbrella of... Scientist? Yes. Um, oh, I can't say that. I can't say any of those. Um, oh. There's an arachnid. <laughs> a spider? It's native here. Oh, tarantula? And it's a dark color. Oh, widow? Yes. <laughs> Good lord. And if you're an eager... Beaver. Yep, that's it. I'm out. All right, I had 30 seconds to spare. Oh, man, I could have put more in there. I didn't think we'd get through that many. Okay. All right. Woo. All right, go team. I mean, I could have put more in there. All right, well. (laughs) Ready? Yep. Okay. Okay, so reptiles have... Scales. Singular. Scale. Okay. (laughs) Um... Really? Dogs have... Tails, fur. Um, ask them to shake. They give you their feet, their foot, their paw. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> this is what we do after North America. Uh, Atlantic Ocean. Yep. Okay. So, hmm. predators have these teeth, a specific kind. They're very sharp. A fang. Yep. Okay. Your dart frog was poisonous. Had poison. Okay. Get ants. So, there are continents, and there's the... Ocean? Yep. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so, they lay eggs, have four legs, cold-blooded. Reptile? Specific kind. The lizard? Yep. Okay. (laughs) Let's see, um... They're not real. They're pretty. But they look like something that you are talking about in your sad story. Of course. A unicorn? Yep. <laughs> okay, they go through your trash. A uh, trash panda. A raccoon? Yep. <laughs> and we are a what? Uh, Homo sapien? Homo sapiens are a... Animal? Think are... larger groups. Not uh, a... Primate? A kind of... Pr- Yes, but what kind? The great... Apes. Singular. Okay. Okay. Did we both finish? Yes. How much time do we have? I had five seconds. Oh, okay. I mean, we kind (laughs) of got more. I think I put ten of each, so... Yeah, I had ten. They were ten each. That was pretty good. 
We could have gotten more, man. All right, well, whatever. It is what it is. Okay. Hey, at least we finished, though. Yep. That's exciting. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, once again, this is the final month of the podcast. So we have four more episodes after this. Don't forget, I did put a post on Instagram with the adorable Tiger Lily asking for suggestions for animals um, that we will put into our listener's choice poll and then have our Patreon supporters vote on that. So if there's an animal you really want to hear about, make sure you go to Instagram or Twitter and, um, and comment what animal you want to hear about in the comments of the Tiger Lily post. And she's sitting in her tunnel and she's a lady. So anyway, as always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Bye.